Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. From the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg, I'm Kelly Sander in for Luke Johnson and Bob Getty flying the uh, the ship solo today. Actually, Luke will be joining us a little bit later on in the program as we have the headline that Jack Abraham has decided to opt out the rest of the football season for Southern Miss, so Luke will be joining us to talk about that. A little bit later, we'll be talking with State Representative Kent McCarty, who represents District 101, a Southern Miss graduate. He'll be our guest picker as we pick our Conference USA games today. We've got a list of cancellations that get longer and longer. We'll get you up to date of at the leaderboard at the Masters and everything that's going on in the rest of the sports world today. This first segment brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Wherever you are, there's a Dickie's Barbecue Pit close by, no doubt. There are Meat is smoked in-house daily, the fall-off-the-bone ribs. Let them help you with your Thanksgiving plans as well. Dickie's Barbecue Pit, we're proud, proud to have them with us here on the Eagle Hour. Joining us on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline is probably the busiest guy in Huntington, West Virginia uh, this weekend, Steve Cotton with the Thundering Herd, the Marshall Thundering Herd Radio Network. Tomorrow is November 14th, 2020, obviously. But November 14th, 1970, that would be 50 years ago tomorrow at 7.36 p.m., the worst traffic event, air traffic, the plane crash that killed many of the Thundering Herd football team that took place on November 14th of 1970. So tomorrow at 7.36 p.m. will be exactly 50 years. 75 people died in that crash, 36 Thundering Herd players, nine coaches 25 fans, Southern Airlines crew of five, 70 children lost one parent that day, and 18 lost both. And tomorrow, when the Thundering Herd plays Middle Tennessee, they'll be commemorating that event and some events going on uh, in conjunction with that uh, tragic day. And, of course, it's not a Southern Miss event, but we're all in Conference USA together. And, Steve, as we welcome you, tomorrow all Golden Eagle fans will also be honorary thundering herd fans as we will be thinking of you guys over there in Huntington uh, tomorrow and as we welcome you on the show Steve we still even 50 years later just really don't know what happened do we no it was a different time in terms of all the technology and that sort of thing you uh there wasn't any warning the you know traffic control people didn't get word of anything happening until all of a sudden that plane just went down the, in West Virginia, in this part of the uh, tri-state area we have here with Kentucky and Ohio all coming together with West Virginia. It's the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains, and it's hilly, and there's not much flat land. So you build airports, including the Huntington Tri-State Airport in many instances, by sort of shaving the top off of a mountain peak and creating enough land for the airport and the plane in bad weather it was raining it was uh you know dark and foggy and everything else and it came in too low and it 
undershot the runway and flew into the side of the mountain. And uh, the worst sports tragedy of all, we, uh, it's certainly unique to Marshall. We wouldn't wish it upon anybody else. And tomorrow there will be relatives of some of the people that perished in that crash. Kind of update us as to what the university is doing to commemorate 50 years tomorrow. Every year there is a service, a memorial service, at uh, we have the, a fountain, the memorial fountain created the next year to honor and memorialize those 75. So it's on the Marshall campus. Anybody who has seen the We Are Marshall movie, that's kind of the opening scene of the movie, begins with that memorial. So a lot of people are familiar with that idea. So there's a service every year on November the 14th. Depending on what year it is, the day of the week, what the weather is, frankly. We've had 1,000, 1,500, maybe 2,500 people show up at that ceremony. Now, this year, given the fact that it's on the day of is a game day, so you're going to have a lot of people coming to campus anyway. The weather's supposed to be great. It would have been an unbelievable crowd there. I'll you know, toss out a guess, who knows, of 5,000 people or something, but... It's 2020, you've got the pandemic, and so the crowd in person is limited to only the uh, you know, descendants, the family members of those who were involved in the plane crash. So they're expecting uh, you know, 250 or 300 people in the crowd actually there, but it's all going to be online for anybody who's interested. Yeah, Marshall's website, marshall.edu slash livestream. But just go to you know, Marshall or any of the uh, Thundering Herd sports websites. They'll have links. and So anybody who is interested could certainly check it out. It is at 9 o'clock Eastern time, so 8 o'clock Central time on the live stream event. And actually some of the, some of the players that were, were killed in that plane crash will be given honorary uh, degrees tomorrow. And you mentioned a lot of brothers and sisters. And really, if they, had they survived, it's hard to believe they'd be you know, close to 70 years old, if not you know, right at 70 or even a little older. Yeah, in fact, that's going on in a couple of hours later this afternoon. Because it is 50 years, a lot of people had made plans who aren't able to come year to year. They live a long way away, all that kind of thing. But they had made plans to come. So because so many of the families, more of them than normal, were going to be here this year, the uh, Marshall president, Dr. Jerome Gilbert, he's a Mississippi guy, came to Marshall from Mississippi State, had... uh, great idea to award those folks their diplomas. That had never happened. They'd never gotten them. And so there's a ceremony going on uh, less than two hours from now to uh, get that part done. So I thought that was a pretty nice touch this year. The award-winning documentary called From Ashes to Glory is available for purchase, and it is a two-hour documentary taking into effect everything uh, revolving that uh, that horrible day, November fourteenth of nineteen seventy, and some of the people who were not on that flight, I'll, you know, be it assistant coaches or so on, who were out on recruiting trips and were driving vehicles, some of them, Steve Cotton, still to this day say that they live with uh, with guilt the fact that they that they weren't on that plane when when some of them very well could have been. Oh, no doubt about it. There were last minute decisions of people. Who had something come up? I, you know, I couldn't go. Uh, I, you know, there were guys, student assistants, and that kind of thing, who had a uh, class, a test that was given on Saturday. That I thought, you know, I, I really don't need to miss that, and then try to make it up. So someone said, hey, "I'll go. You, you stay back. I'll go." 
And, uh, yeah, that causes a whole lot of, uh, you know, turmoil, internal struggles for those people. Red Dawson was a prominent role in the We Are Marshall, the Hollywood version of the movie, played by Matthew Fox. And he, uh, and this was planned ahead of time. This was not a last-minute decision, but he was going to recruit Ferrum College, the junior college at that time, which uh, was a national champion program. So Marshall was interested in several of those players, had already, in fact, signed several Ferrum players. There were several of them who were on the plane, and uh, he was going there to try to bring in some more of them. And so he's on his way driving through the countryside with uh, – I believe it was uh, one of the managers, maybe, who'd gone with him. And uh, they hear it on the radio. You're driving, car radio, people that you left a couple of hours ago went down and you're never going to see any of them again. Just imagine that. And then his drive back to Huntington, he uh, stopped and called his wife back in Huntington to to just uh, reassure her I was not on the plane because at that point, as you can imagine, as soon as the word got out in Huntington, it uh, was pretty chaotic. You had amazing stories. For instance, one of the players on that 1970 team, a lineman named Ed Carter, had been called home to Texas that week because his father had passed away. He got up the next morning to read in the newspaper the story and saw his own name listed there among those who were killed. Wow. And so uh, things like that. And, you know, 50 years later, and I was not here. I've, I've been in Huntington since 1993, so I was not around uh, anywhere, didn't even know about anything. I was a kid in 1970. But I've gotten to know so many of the children and grandchildren now of those folks, and Every year it's amazing. You, you hear new stories, you learn things that just uh, are heart-wrenching to this day. And actually, uh, just just before a commercial break here, Steve, we're going to have you back in the second segment, but Red Dawson is going to be uh, speaking, or at least on campus this weekend. He's still with us, obviously. Yeah, Red lives here in Huntington. I see Red uh, usually at least once a week, and I've seen him a couple of times this week, but he is always introduced at the... Uh, memorial service he's there every year he he is a hero in these parts and rightfully so came back was an assistant coach on the team the next year and then got out of coaching it was uh too painful a deal he ended up running a very successful construction company here spent several years kind of away from football because of the pain of the situation but He's now back at Edwards Stadium every time the herd plays, and very much a part of the program. And not to be maudlin, uh, but but the the one thing we have to say is that everybody in that crash literally didn't know what hit them. I mean, it, it was just one of one of those things. But we're going to continue our discussion with uh, with Steve Cotton about the great season the Thundering Herd are having right now. They're ranked in the top twenty-five. More on the Eagle Hour after this commercial break. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A.
Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. This second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by CampusBookmart.net, your official place for Southern Miss apparel. Christmas right around the corner. Well, a lot of you are already on top of the whole Christmas thing. I know that. What else have you had to do right in pandemic when you're sitting at home? Get online and order your Southern Miss swag from CampusBookmart.net. If you're out on Hardy Street, you see the big yellow building right across from the main entrance to the campus. That's the place, CampusBookmart.net. We thank them for their support of the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson will be joining us in our next segment. We'll be talking about the departure of Jack Abraham. The quarterback of Southern Miss has decided to opt out for the rest of the year. That's a big news headline. We'll talk with him. And then... State Representative Kent McCarty, a Republican from District 101, a Southern Miss graduate, he'll be our guest picker as me and B-Dub, Brandon Wallace, the producer, will be picking our, our games for the week. But continuing on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline with Steve Cotton from the Thundering Herd Network, the Marshall Thundering Herd, really the team that's carrying the torch for Conference USA this year, undefeated. And uh, everybody in Conference USA kind of rooting for, for Marshall. If, I mean, if you got to lose to somebody, lose to Marshall because it could make – that this team could uh, make headlines for the rest of the conference as they are in the top uh, top twenty and undefeated, and they will play uh, Middle Tennessee tomorrow on that fiftieth anniversary of the plane crash that uh, we've been talking about. So Steve, this, did you anticipate that the Thundering Herd would? And, and all I, I understand it's it's a COVID year and it's been really really weird. But uh, in in what ways has this team exceeded expectations so far this season? I'd say exceeded the expectations on the defensive side of the football. There were many unknowns. Marshall graduated some of its top defensive players and lost guys at all levels, leading tackler uh, at linebackers gone, and NFL cornerback now, uh, Chris Jackson, playing for the Tennessee Titans, departed. A couple of veterans along the defensive line. Marshall went to the junior college route for a couple of signees. That's always a little bit hit and miss, at least early in their careers. Those guys have been home runs, and the defense is allowing, through six games, 9.5 points per game, the lowest scoring average of anybody that's played more than one game. You have the, you know, the Mid-American Conference School starting late. A couple of those uh, had good openers, but you're in the top three in the country, really, in uh, rush defense, total defense, and scoring defense. They fly to the football. It's a really fast group, and they have a really good time. It's fun to go watch these guys in practice. They enjoy practice, it seems like, as much as they do playing on Saturday. So I think that in and of itself is a pretty good uh, trick for a football team. If you've got guys who love being out there and love the team aspect of it and playing for one another, then you're off to a good start. And that certainly has been the case for the Marshall defense. We thought the offense had a chance to be quite good this year. Just about everybody was back. Four of the five starting offensive linemen, and they're guys who've been starting several of them since their freshman year. You return the reigning Conference USA Offensive Player of the Year and running back Brendan Knox, a 1,300-yard rusher from a year ago. But late in the summer, your two-year starting quarterback, Isaiah Green, decided he's going to hit the transfer portal, and Marshall did not have another quarterback on the roster who had ever thrown a pass in college. And so that turned into a huge unknown. Well, Grant Wells, a redshirt freshman, stepped in uh, first game through four touchdown passes and passed for over 300 yards and really has uh, – and he's not been asked to do a whole lot. Marshall's, for the most part, jumped out on teams early. They end up, most squads, trying to 
load up the box and stop the running game in Brendan Knox, and Grant has made them pay often enough by hitting some passes over the top. And so as the year goes on, he's getting to the point now, you don't think of him as a rookie so much anymore. And if he's called upon to go win games instead of just managing games, I think Marshall's coaches are feeling pretty good about that. So they've, so they've gone to the wells and not come up dry, so to speak. You're exactly right. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, man, the things are rolling. And, of course, I don't have any skin in the game, but when people ask me, you know, what's, what's the deal with Marshall? You know, one of the things that I point to, which very few other teams in Conference USA can point to, is consistency at the coaching ranks. Doc Holliday has, has been there a, a good long time, and I'm sure the assistants as well. Don't, I tell people, don't underestimate how much consistency means to the success of an overall program. Yeah, Doc Holliday's in year 11. He's won 84 games as Marshall's coach, and he's uh, creeping up the list of all-time wins leaders among Conference USA coaches. And I may, I'd have to double-check myself. I'm talking off the top of my head here, so I might be wrong, but I believe Jeff Bauer is the next guy above him on the list now. And so uh, your folks listening in there know well what kind of program, what kind of success you've had over the long haul. His defensive coordinator is Brad Lambert in his second year on in that position, but the former head coach at Charlotte is the guy who started that program. He's got guys on staff like uh, defensive line coach J.C. Price, who've been there, who's been there nine years, and uh, a couple of first-year coaches this year. But for the most part, it is a veteran staff, and the players who've been here two or three years, they step in, they know exactly what to expect. And that goes a long way toward your winning program. So have you guys played FAU yet? Has Marshall played FAU? Yep, beat the uh, Owls on Marshall's homecoming game back on October the 24th, a 20-9 win, Marshall's closest game of the season, other than a 17-7 win over ranked Appalachian State early in the year. Yeah, so you've got the deepest water behind you, so the swimming realistically should be a little bit easier the rest of the way, yeah? Well, you hope. in a normal year, you might say that, right. but you don't know from week to week who's going to be in uniform the way you go through it this year. So, But yes, uh, Marshall's put itself in a pretty favorable position. Well, let's hope that, uh, let's hope that they can continue to run the table and, and bring some good headlines uh, to Conference USA because as a, as a league, everybody will admit that we're all in this thing together, but the, but the conference could certainly use uh, some good news. Steve, I know you've got to get going here at the bottom of the half hour, so we're going to let you go, but thank you for your insight and, and again, tomorrow, on behalf of all Southern Miss fans, we are all thundering herd tomorrow and we will be thinking of y'all the 50th anniversary of of that uh, plane crash the documentary from ashes to glory it's available on amazon prime it's two hours long and has won all kinds of awards so to follow up on that it might be some some good viewing this weekend steve continued success thanks again sure thing kelly talking to some guys at middle tennessee they said you know what we know that the entire country other than our own fans, are rooting against us this week. Well, they shouldn't take it personally, but as, as long as they, they understand. But, uh, yep, they do. For sure. All right, Steve, thanks again, buddy. All right, Kelly. All right, Steve Cotton with the Thundering Herd radio network against Hard to Believe. That was 50 years ago, and he talked about the, the movie We Are Marshall, and I asked him, I said, how accurate was that? He said, well, you know, the... Generally speaking, they had things right, but they Hollywooded, you know, some things up. And the the guilt complex that some of the people who were supposed to be on that flight and for whatever reason, you know, didn't make it and have asked themselves, those that are that are still around, asked themselves, why, you know, why was I spared when some of my best friends, you know, were not? 
and really tough, but um, hard to believe. I'm going to get that documentary from Ashes to Glory. Of course, the big news out of Southern Miss was the fact that uh, Jack Abraham, the, the quarterback, has decided now he is going to opt out for the rest of the year. But the timing of that announcement, rather odd, in our next segment after commercial break, we're going to get Luke Johnson in by phone and uh, get his thought on on what possibly you know happened there. But Southern Miss getting ready to play Western Kentucky. That'll be one of the games that we'll pick in our final segment today. Because the Masters is being played this weekend, a lot of the NFL games, you know, normally most of the NFL games are played early on Sunday, you know, the noon to three o'clock time slot. But because the Masters is being played this week, was moved from April to November, a lot of the NFL games are being played late. So they're going to be in the three o'clock to six o'clock time slot so that CBS, who carries a lot of the of the NFL games, will be able to bring you the final round of the Masters. So programming wise you know you'll want to you'll want to keep that in mind while we're speaking of the masters and this was as of airtime dustin johnson and sung J M are tied at the top of the leaderboard at eight under par and again that was when we went on the air at about 105 abraham answer and paul casey were a shot behind although paul casey has not begun his second round yet the first round was completed this morning because of rain and fog yesterday. Of course, it wound up uh, being too dark for them to finish round one. Justin Thomas is at six under. He's on the course. So is Brooks Kepka, And Xander Shoffley is also at five under par. And then some of the, some of the big names that you're all accustomed to seeing at the top of the leaderboard in the Masters is another shot back at four under, including 50-year-old Phil Mickelson. Tiger Woods, not quite 50, but Tiger is also at four under par. And Lee Westwood, who uh, we talked with Jeff Jennings a couple days ago, Lee Westwood getting on up there in age two. If he's going to win the Masters, he probably needs to do it pretty quick, but they are all at four under par. When the Eagle Hour continues, Luke Johnson will join us. We'll get his perspective on the big news out of Golden Eagle Camp that Jack Abraham has checked out for the season. And we'll see how... Luke is doing. And still to come, State Representative Kent McCarty will be our guest picker on our Games of the Week. The Eagle Hour rolls on. We'll be back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Now, Engineer Brandon Wallace, that's the music we were expecting. Oh, absolutely. Last segment. (laughs) And we got kind of thrown for a curveball there. Oh, yeah. This third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill, home of the 895 lunch. And you think, oh, that's not any big deal. Well, it is when you get your, your soft drink included. You know? It's not small servings. No, it's, yeah, yeah, it's it's really good. Great portions and great food. Absolutely. Okay, now if you're gonna if you're trying to be on the the cover of a fashion magazine and you have to be skinny, skinny, Fourth Street's probably not where you want to hang out. Well, I gave that up quite you know, a few years ago. So, but uh, but we love we love hanging out there. Great place to shoot pool, talk Southern Miss sports, the official 
pregame spot, 4th Street Bar and Grill, right over the 4th Street Bridge there by Highway 49 in the shadow of the rock. And we thank them for their sponsorship. Joining us now on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline from his celestial palace in Laurel is our buddy Luke Johnson, who the word is out now. And Luke was supposed to be on this program this week with me, but he has been suffering from the C word. And I'm not talking about the six letter C word talking about the five-letter c-word covid luke it got you we uh last week started feeling a little cruddy and i guess thursday afternoon i uh i I couldn't smell or taste anything started feeling that way and i was like "Uh uh-oh so we got tested friday morning and yeah uh, i got covid lauren went and got tested and yeah she had covid and and uh, she had a more of a, a mild case uh, she had a, a couple, you know, rough days. But man, it it uh, it picked me up and took me to the woodshed. Yeah, and I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I was running bad, bad fever, and and just really weak. And today's really the first day that you and I've been texting this week. You were telling me some stuff that you had done, you know, right. with some breathing exercises and trying to walk. And man, anybody walking or anybody driving down our road. Uh, the last couple of days, seeing me trying to walk in the yard, they would have thought it was a hooded grandpa in the yard because, man, I couldn't walk very far at all. Today was the best day to get out and to be able to walk. So uh, yeah, it's been a it's been over a week, but uh, thankfully, man, we're uh, we're on the mend and and uh, I am still pretty weak, but uh, thankful um, I don't have fever or nausea or any of that other rough stuff that I had uh, yeah, over I'm, the weekend, first part of this week. Yeah, it kicked my tail, too, back in July. So we're, we're glad that you're on the mend. And I know you're still a little bit weak, but I wanted to get your perspective and insight on the news yesterday that Jack Abraham has announced he is uh, foregoing the rest of the uh, college football season. But because of the NCAA rules, he'll be able to maintain that year, yes? And just your thoughts in general on that news, late-breaking news. It's just kind of, you know, it's kind of odd timing um, to, to me. And what I mean is, in particular, the game week, Tay Watley is not available this week, and so you would assume that you know probably Jack practiced most of this week. And I'll be I'll be honest, I've been out of the loop because sure. I've been dealing with COVID. But sure. from from what I've heard, you know, since this news came out, it, it seems as if he he practiced a lot this week. And you know, if you're going to do something like this, at least play the Western Kentucky game or do it at the first part of the week because. If, if you're expected to play, that I guarantee you, because he's been out for a you know a week, he, he didn't play last week. I guarantee you, he got probably most of the the reps and practice this week. I mean, that's just an assumption, but it's the way things go. And so maybe if you you know you uh, you notify people on Thursday, everybody maybe looking around saying, well, you know the other guys aren't ready to play. I mean, you're like Trey Lowe's will start now. Jack Walker will will back him up and. I just find the, the timing odd. And, you know, if, if it's because of concussion-related stuff, because um, he took a vicious hit in the Rice game, I, I, I totally get that, Kelly. But, you know, <clears throat> to, to opt out means that you're walking away. Like, to opt out means that you're not going to be around. And for a senior quarterback, you know, to do that, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing him. Um, I, I just I find the, the timing of it really peculiar uh, this late in game week, especially going on the road to Western Kentucky. All right, so we talk about the the interim coach for the interim coach. Now, who is who is the next quarterback <laughs> after Lowe? Who is it now? Jack Walker. So he uh, he 
played at Northwest Community College. I'll tell you what, so, if, if things get much worse, uh, you know, we might have to turn to Johnny Walker. We've got a few more guys on the, uh, on, on the roster, uh, that, you know, they're walk-ons. But, you know, Jack Walker played Northwest Community College, watched him play against Jones last year. He's more of a game manager, but, you know, it's going to be Trey Lowe this week. And just because you figure that Lowe probably didn't get that many snaps this week, it's probably going to be a, a run up, run attack from uh, uh, from Matt Kubik. You know, yeah. Lowe went 12 or 20 last week. But what what can you do when you're, you know, you get notified that, that um, late in game week about what's going on? Yeah, especially when it's still reasonable to assume that Lowe hasn't fully digested the entire playbook yet. So, Luke, get some rest, man. We hope to hope that you'll get back in the saddle next week and uh, at some point. And give Lauren our best, and, and thanks for sharing your insight today. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. All right, buddy. Luke Johnson with us on the program from his home in Laurel. Yeah, we wanted to certainly respect his privacy, but he had put it out on his social media platforms that he had been suffering from COVID. And uh, so now Luke's had it. I've had it. Bob Getty's the only one that hasn't had it. And we certainly hope that, uh, that he won't because um, – you know, Luke's a little bit younger. He, he didn't deal with it as long as I did. But when you're fat and old – and you got a certain blood type, and all I check all three of those boxes. It, it was no fun, and we're hoping uh, that Bob won't get that. But we're glad that Luke is is recovering, and um, will hopefully be back with us next week. Every Friday on the show, we're gonna we'll pick some games in our final segment, but we get a guest picker to kind of to join us. And on the Super Talk Mississippi hotline now is State Representative, the Republican from District 101, Kent McCarty, who is a Southern Miss grad, young. At what, 26, maybe, Kent? Are you 27. 27. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're yeah, we're getting on up there. Ripe old age of uh, 27 years old. And, yeah, we're getting on up there. And really, the McCarty family, going back to your grandfather, has a, has a deep and rich uh, history at the University of Southern Mississippi, right? Kent, your, your grandfather write, wrote, wrote a book about some of the history at Southern Miss. Kind of fill in some blanks yeah. for us. Yeah, so, uh, so both my grandparents actually worked at majority of their careers at USM. Uh, my grandfather was a history professor for a long time um, out at USM, and then my grandmother worked uh, in the ELI, the English Language Institute at USM. So um, so they were, you know, big Southern Miss people, and my, my parents both graduated from Southern Miss. Uh, I grew up, you know, in and around Southern Miss activities. You know, it was just part of, part of our lives for a long time, and then I graduated from there in 2015 uh, with a finance degree. So... Um, so yeah, we've been longtime Southern Miss people. Still a big fan of Southern Miss, and it's, it's my, my school. And and you might have heard of of Kent's little brother Kirk, who was a pitcher, left-handed pitcher on the Southern uh, Miss baseball team. And for the record, Kent, you tried the baseball thing. It just just really wasn't up your alley, was it? <laughs> yeah, I tried it for a long time. We like to joke. I played uh, second base usually. You know, when you're a kid, it doesn't really matter what you play. You're all doing the same amount of like running around and stuff. And I probably would have stuck with it, but there was this water spigot in the, right in the Optimus Park, right in front of, of where I stood. And the ball would hit it, and it would be, you know take a nasty hop right off the water spigot and right into my face. And that happened probably at least once every game. So for me, that was, uh, that was pretty much the end. I, I just couldn't deal with the constant blow to the face with the baseball. I wasn't quick enough to dodge it and certainly not skilled enough to catch it. So you were that was it for me terrorized by the water spigot ladies and gentlemen yeah exactly it's, i was victimized it was not it was not good hopefully they've taken care of it because 
I would hate to see that discourage our youth from playing the good old game of baseball like it did me. It sounds like the premise of a Stephen King novel. There you go. <laughs> a wi- the evil water sphincter. <laughs> <laughs> that, only, that only comes out at night. You know, it, it, exactly. It comes to exactly. life at night. So what, what, makes, what, uh, what is it about the, the sometimes very cruel and vicious, frankly, game of politics uh, what gets a 27-year-old kid with a lot on the ball to want to to want to get into the muck and mire of politics? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I just I feel like I'm always I've always been really interested in politics in general, and um, you know, I love Mississippi, and I wanted to stay, and I know a lot of people might have left. Um, unfortunately, have left. You know, taking jobs in other states or, or finding opportunities in other states, and I really wanted to stay and see what I could do to make Mississippi a better place for young people and. Um, you know, I, I think that a lot of times we get people in office that maybe aren't thinking about the future so much, and um, I, I knew that I would do that. So when the opportunity presented itself, I just felt like it would be a good. I'd never, you know, never run for office before, obviously, before last year, and I felt like it'd be, you know, I, I was a good candidate and, and, and love this area. I've been here my whole life and felt like I could bring something new to the table. So, um, and then as a business owner, too, I mean, I feel like we need more business owners in, in elected office, and, uh, and I kind of filled that gap. So, um, it's been it's been an interesting ride so far for sure. I'm one year in now, it's a strange first year with COVID and everything going on. It's certainly not been a typical year, but I feel like I've learned a lot and I've I've really enjoyed it. So 27 years old, certainly it's unusual that younger people like that would would get involved in politics. But here's something even more bizarre on Friday the 13th. At 27 years old, he's a Republican. And somewhat, <laughs> and somewhat conservative. <laughs> Those phrases usually don't go together now, yeah, nowadays. Yeah. When, we right. come, when we come back, Kent, we are going to have you enthrall us with your football acumen as we pick our, <laughs> our college games along with producer Brandon Wallace, me and B-Dub from That's the First right. Bank Studios. We'll take a commercial timeout and be back as the Eagle Hour rolls on. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg, 601-544-9630. Toyota of Hattiesburg, they're not, they're not a drive-by car dealership. What I mean by that is once they make the sale, you're never going to hear from them again. They always are reaching out to you, you know, for oil changes. They're always there to answer your questions online or in person. Toyota, the way to go, the second biggest investment you'll ever make. You might as well make a good decision. That's something that'll last. Toyota of Hattiesburg, 5449630 on Highway 98 or online all the time. Okay, added cancellations of college football games tomorrow. Uh, some of these have, these have all been added since yesterday at showtime here. Coastal Carolina at Troy, that has been, that's fallen victim to COVID. A couple of games in Conference USA, North Texas and UAB. They were going to play in Birmingham. That game is off now. And poor Rice, they got canceled last week against UTSA. Now they were supposed to go to Ruston, Louisiana to take on La Tech. That game has been canceled. And out west, Cal was supposed to go to Arizona State. 
But the head football coach of the Sun Devils, the head coach, Herm Edwards, has tested positive for COVID. So Cal at Arizona State have been canceled. All right, let's get to our game picks this week. Me and B-Dub, our engineer, Brandon Wallace, and State Representative Kent McCarty, the 27-year-old Republican who just... Just saying those words, he should be in a museum somewhere, <laughs> uh, representing District 101 uh, for our game picks. All right, <clears throat> excuse me. We'll start in Conference USA as UTEP goes to Texas San Antonio, Texas El Paso at Texas San Antonio. B Dub, you're first. Oh, this is a game I'm not really familiar with. Like I haven't kept up with these two teams, but I'm going to pick UTSA. Taking the Roadrunners to win at the Alamo Dome. All right. Kent McCarty, Representative McCarty. What do we call you? Um, you, you know what? Kent is fine. Kent, okay. Um, Kent is fine. Yeah, Kent, All right. well, that works for me. All right. You, um, UTEP at UTSA. See. I'm going to definitely have to say uh, UTSA. I'm feeling really good about the Roadrunners today. Yeah, I think I think that's probably the, the slam yeah. dunk for this week in the conference. All right, let's go to Middle Tennessee at Marshall. We talked about tomorrow being the 50th anniversary of that uh, dreaded plane crash in Marshall. I think they're going to be sky high. I look for Marshall to win big. What about you, Kent? Uh, you know, I got to say, you took the words right out of my mouth. I think I think that the Angels are going to be on their side and that they're going to pull out the win. Okay, so you're going to make it a... a, a I couldn't sweep? agree more. Couldn't agree more, Marshall. Okay, yeah, well, Marshall's undefeated. And Absolutely. Ra- yeah, ranked in the top 20. I mean, what the heck? And Middle Tennessee has played a little better the last couple of weeks, but not going to be enough uh, against the Thundering Herd at home. All right, now this game that we're going to talk about is actually on television tonight. It's a Conference USA battle <coughs> Excuse me, between Florida Atlantic and Florida International, FAU at FIU. Kent McCarty, what say you? Let's see. I'm going to say FIU, but I'm going to say it in a way where it may be construed to be FAU if they win, and I can still be right either way. <laughs> Spoken like a true politician. <laughs> <laughs> wants to be right either way. And now I don't even remember which one I picked. So that's how you know you've done it right. You, and you, neither do you. You picked FIU. Okay. To okay. win at home. The Panthers to win don't, at home. Don't call me on it. Okay. All right. Beat beat up. I'm going to follow suit. You FIU. Got, okay. Well, here's where I'm stepping out, guys. Yeah. I'm going to take the Owls. Florida Atlantic to beat FIU on the road. Actually, FAU going into that game is about a 10-point pick. So, but all, all we got to do is get them to win by one. So I'm going to take FAU. Both of you guys are on record as taking FIU. All right, we'll get to our marquee game in a minute, but let's go to the Sun Belt Conference where South Alabama goes to Louisiana Lafayette. Beat up. Louisiana Lafayette all the way. Take oh. the, going to take the Cajuns at home. All the way. All right, Kent, can the, Jagu- yeah. can the Jaguars of South Al go to Cajun country and beat Lafayette. I think so. I'm going to go. I'm going to be contrarian on this one. I'm going to say South Alabama's got this one. Okay. Well, man, this <laughs> is. I was going to go South Al if you guys both went. Ooh la la. Um, yeah. But I'll take. I'll take the Cajuns. I'll take the Cajuns to win. Uh, Step out on that one on my own. Yeah. It, but again, once you hang up, you're not even going to know who you took. Exactly. Well, I was elected <laughs> to make the tough calls. One of those calls. <laughs> Southern Miss at Western Kentucky. Brandon to the top. All right. So he's, he he's got the Eagles. What about you, Kent? Absolutely. Eagles by fifty. Uh, by fifty. By fifty. Yeah, always. Wow. Las Vegas would love you. 
<laughs> Go put my bets in right now. <laughs> Southern Miss at Western Kentucky. I think it's going to be a close game. I hope the Eagles can pull it out, and I'm going to pick Southern Miss. And look, don't think just because this is the Eagle Hour that we'll, we're always going to pick Southern Miss because we we won't necessarily. I'm right? No, absolutely. Um, but I'll take Southern Miss this week. Now, when they play UAB and you know some of the other tougher teams, I might not pick Southern Miss, but we'll go with the Eagles this week. Real quick, 49ers against the Saints. Saints are at home. I'll take the Saints. Who did? Okay, and Kent. Yeah, Saints for sure. The Saints, and of course, Nick Mullins, the 49ers quarterback, is a Southern Miss graduate. So we hope that Nick has a good game, but we hope that the Saints win. Right but that Nick plays well. Kent McCarty, thanks so much for being our guest picker, and I know that you were up late last night worried about making these selections. So I've been crunching the numbers, running scenarios all day long. Taking well, a whole day for me. Well, we wish that most people in the legislature would crunch the numbers, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, and stick with the reasonable answers. All right, Kent, thanks, exactly. thanks again for joining us. Sure thing. Thanks. I appreciate it. All right. Kent McCarty, state representative from District 101, a Southern Miss grad, making our guest picks. That'll do it for this week. Bob Getty will be back. Hopefully, Luke, at some point next week, will be back as well. For engineer Brandon Wallace, I'm Kelly Sander from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg saying Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.